Hey, welcome to Ministry Pivot. Uh, this is Reverend Russ, Russell St. Bernard, excited again about another opportunity to get uh, around a uh, virtual table uh, and talk with uh, some friends in ministry, some colleagues in ministry, but leaders in ministry around what it means to pivot. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, the pivot of worship. Uh, many uh, churches during this season have had to do worship in a different way, of course, all virtual, uh, but even your virtual experience now uh, for many churches will look different. Uh, and so I have some friends, some colleagues that uh, agreed to have a conversation uh, talking about not just uh, the worship experience, but all of the pieces that go uh, into the worship experience, as well as uh, some of the preaching and teaching uh, components, really just stylistically uh, when it comes to that. And so uh, first, uh, I have uh, want to introduce uh, everybody who's here. I have uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Crystal Sears, who is uh, the senior pastor of Greater St. Luke uh, AME Church in uh, South Carolina. Uh, she is an awesome uh, a teacher, awesome leader, uh, awesome creative, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, you can also see from her backdrop, she's not playing uh, with <laughs> Uh, and so we, uh, those of you who are listening, you might have to get on the video uh, so you can see the backdrop for her and uh, for uh, 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 Reverend Thomas, uh, uh, Pastor Van Coley and I, uh, we just got the normal set up. Uh, but uh, all besides, he is uh, uh, doing a great work uh, in South Carolina. Then we also have uh, Pastor, uh, who is Reverend Doctor as well, uh, Van Coley Akinbenu. Uh, I know that name because he is a brother, so it took me years to learn it, but I know it. Uh, and so I'm excited to know it. He is uh, the senior pastor of Grove uh, Church in uh, North Baptist Grove Church in uh, uh, North Carolina, and he is doing an awesome work out there uh, with those people. And then last but not least, we have uh, again, a friend of mine, they're all friends of mine, uh, Reverend uh, uh, Joshua Thomas, who is the, who is over uh, ministry operations, who is the director of ministry there at New Psalmist, uh, and he is a tech uh, genius. Whenever anything goes wrong, whenever anything I can't figure out, how did they do that? Uh, Joshua is the first guy I call, um, and then he's able to talk me through it, and I, I have no idea how he knows it. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad uh, that he's uh, a friend of mine. And so uh, the hope is and the prayer is that this conversation uh, today will be super helpful uh, for those of us who are in ministry, whether you're a senior pastor, whether you are a ministry leader, whether you are just a part of the church uh, or just a leader uh, thinking about what it means to look different uh, in your worship experience. Hopefully, uh, prayerfully, this conversation will do that. So, uh, hey, everyone, how y'all feeling? Y'all good? We're blessed. Hey, hey, good. Thanks for awesome. having us, man. Yes, awesome. glad to be included. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful that y'all uh, had time and that you all were able to make uh, this time work. And uh, so I'm excited about that. I, I want to start with the first uh, question that I'm really going to pitch to to each person. Uh, and it, the question is just, uh, how long have you been serving in ministry and where? Many people uh, may not be familiar uh, with what you've done. And so uh, we don't need the whole, whole resume, but just a, a snippet of uh, what, what, what you've been doing in, in ministry. And uh, Pastor Crystal, I would like for you to go uh, first and then we can just uh, jump around from there. I have um, been in ministry for 20 years. June made 20 years of being in ministry. And uh, currently I serve at Greater St. Luke AME Church, downtown Charleston, South Carolina. And it has been an amazing journey, uh, just allowing God to use me differently and being okay with being different. Um, when I think about the dreams and the visions that I had 20 years ago and how God is causing those things to work now, I am just in awe in how he, he works and how he's moved. So it's been 20 wonderful years. Amen. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Pastor Van? So I've been in ministry uh, as of last month, 19 years, and uh, that's, that's in preaching the gospel. And um, started at Baptist Grove in 2012, so just celebrating my eighth uh, pastoral anniversary. I was actually installed April 29th, my birthday, 2012. So um, celebrated eight years, and and our vision is living in faith, or our pillars, living in faith, living in fellowship, to serve. So it's really just leading the congregation here in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, in preaching the word, helping them to grow in their faith, helping God's people grow in faith. 
uh, building relationships, which is really critical for us, strengthening relationships and bringing life to the world through service. So going beyond the four walls of the church to serve the community. Uh, that's what we focus on. That's how I try to lead. And um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Amen. Amen. Reverend Josh. Wonderful. Well, I've been in ministry now 11, 12 years in preaching ministry, 12 years, and have been serving at New Psalmist on the full-time staff since 2010, first as the director of media, you know, really working, you know, all the cool technology and content and the like. And now for the past four years, serving as the director of ministry and over all of our ministry operations, our volunteer teams and worship services and our ministry staff as well. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I'm going to say it first because I'm I'm with y'all, but y'all may get y'all getting old. Y'all getting old. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been um, it, it's wild to say it's been I'm I'm with Dr. Crystal. It, it's been about two. It's been about two decades, uh, wow. not in preaching ministry, but I've been at Kingdom now for 10 um, and I was at uh, Empowerment Temple and other churches before that. And so, um, yeah, it's been it's been wild. It, it's it's changed a lot, too. Uh, and and that, that's why I want I want to step off with and, and Reverend Josh, I want to throw you uh, uh, the first thought uh, question is um, what churches who are online now, which is every church, um, what uh, should be some of the differences that worship? Right. And I, and I make this key point. I, I want to say it um, in, in this context for us as we start. I, I make this key point in, in the article uh, talking about worship is that worship now is no longer a worship service. It used to be. It could have been. But it has to be a worship experience. And, and because there are so many other things vying for people's uh, uh, interest, for people's uh, time. And so Sunday morning now or whenever you worship online, uh, it has to be an experience. And so, Reverend Josh, I'm going to throw it to you first and anybody else uh, can chime in after. Uh, but but what are some things that churches should be doing now differently um, when it comes to worshiping online than they were doing before? Uh, the assumption is they should be doing some stuff differently. And I think we can all agree that the answer is yes. Um, but what are some things that they should be doing differently? Okay, so yes, absolutely. In the building, when persons would come to a worship service, they would have an expectation that this is they're going to be there fully engaged for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, you know, some churches, you know, two hours long. And that service had their undivided attention. Yeah, they had phones and, you know, every now and then text message may come through notification alike, but they were committed to give you that block of time. You know, they get up in the morning, get dressed, drive for many of our churches persons would drive into town or to the area, and it was an experience, an event, it was a planned event. But now with virtual services and you know church online, you don't have that same luxury of pulling people out of their world into your sanctuary, where, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, where whatever you were serving on the menu, they were just gonna eat. Yeah. Now, if someone, you know, if you have, you know, a, a bad selection and the choir, you know, hasn't rehearsed or the virtual choir, you know, is, is not in sync and it doesn't match what people are seeing on YouTube or on other content, they can just click right off. You know, yeah. you can literally hit the button. And now not only have you lost them in that service, the likelihood that they'll be back again is very decreased. And so churches must be thinking, as you said, as an experience, it can't be church the same way. You have to have a very intentional focus in producing a high quality experience. Now that quality looks different for you know whatever level, budget, and, and size of your church, but wherever you are, you have to produce a high quality experience so that all of your elements flow together. Your service can't be you know just all day long because persons aren't used to consuming that long content online. The average video online is three to five minutes. And so if your worship service is two hours, it's a little hard to hold your phone for two hours and be fully engaged. And yeah. then for those who have children in the home, it's hard to get that much time that's dedicated just to be in uh, experience online. And so you have to be mindful of the time, the duration, you have to be mindful of the quality and you have to be mindful of the relevance. Some things that is depending on the, your cultural expression that may work in a building when you're face to face, may not go over the same way online. And yeah. you have to be aware of all of those things so that your experience online can still be engaging and you can still feed people and help them where they are. That's great, that's great, that's great. Anybody else? That's great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, this would have sounded, what I'm about to say, would have sounded heretical and maybe even potentially could sound heretical now. But I said it to our staff uh, not too long ago that, you know, at one time uh, we used to talk about uh, the televangelists um, or those who are on television as, you know, entertainment. <laughs> um, but now everybody is watching uh, worship through the screen. And so I said, we need to look at this uh, as a production. Uh, look at look or think of it from your from the perspective of your favorite show. And if you were to come every single week and it was the same plot, same everything, nothing changed, would you keep coming back? Yeah. And the reality is no. Um, and so thinking through uh, the elements of creativity that you need to add to keep people engaged, right? It could be changing up the flow, changing up, changing up something, right? Because we continue to go back to our favorite show that something is going to be different. Something is going to engage us. And so thinking along the lines, not saying that worship is entertainment, but right now thinking along the lines from a production aspect, from a creativity aspect, from an entertainment aspect, what is going to keep your people engaged from week to week? Yeah, and I, I would just add to that, um, you know, I, I always say that you need producers yeah. and you have to develop producers. Um, there's a saying that I say that no video is better than bad video. Um, <laughs> you put out something wrong or it, it, it just doesn't come off right. And then um, you won't get them back again. Like Reverend Thomas right. has said, you, they will not connect back with you again. And so we have to be intentional about what we put out on Sunday mornings and all through the week because people are connecting more than just on Sunday morning. We have to make it convenient for them or they will find a place that is more convenient for their lives. That's good. That's good. That's good. Let me, let me, um, let me, let me, let me pick on this for a second. Um, I know like, so I know for us, right. At we, we, we took, um, what Pastor Van Coley's talking about. And I know what I've seen from you all as well as we, we've took the understanding of, uh, this has to be like a production. Um, and, and I want to, um, I want to, I want to, I want to throw out a comment, but then I want you all to, 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 to think through it on your side. But, um, you used to do Sunday morning just in one day. Um, now we have the luxury that you you don't have to just do it in one day, right? You you have uh, several days to think through it. Um, but I know what I've seen from a lot of churches online is them still treating it as a one day experience. Um, and I I know for us personally, Kingdom Fellowship, uh, what. What, what God has been able to produce uh, through our pastor, uh, Reverend Matthew Watley, which is uh, super dope. We, we brought on some, some people to help us when this season first shifted. Stuff that we had already wanted to do, but we just didn't get a chance to do it because we had this Sunday morning. And we made the shift that, you know, two days out of the week um, actually go into making Sunday look like well, as far as physically on site or physically somewhere, because we change it up, go different places. Um, but my, my question is, um, what are, because I, I really want this, the, the goal of Ministry Pivot is to be practical. Um, and so what are some steps or some mind, mind frame pivots that some churches can take to even think about how they approach what they produce for Sunday? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think one of the biggest things for me when you know we have three we when we were in the building we would have three morning services at 7 15 9 30 12 o'clock then we would have our stream online so we would stream each of our services online and one of the great tensions we always had was in our worship experience in the building though we would have you know a run sheet we would plan it out have a producer for the week and so forth there was still a spontaneity that is unique to new psalmist and so our worship, we would have every song planned out and so forth. But part of what made us who we are was our free flowing worship. And in the building, that's amazing. But oftentimes for the stream, that may not translate. You know, a, a song that the choir hasn't prepared, they may sound great in the building, but on the stream, it may not come across the same way. Mm -hmm. And so we always had this tension of, is what we're doing live translating online? 
But when we went all online, we realized there was a freedom that comes when you know what you're playing online is already tight. And for churches that have the ability to record during the week and edit together, and it doesn't, you don't have to have, you know, a, a large staff. You really just need a camera and a computer to edit. And when you have that ability to edit things together, to have quality control, whether that's your pastor or, you know, some key persons in your, on your staff or in your ministry team that can listen to things that can say, hey, that sounds right. Or, hey, maybe we shouldn't, you know, put that out there. Or maybe we shouldn't say that, you know, maybe that comment might not sound great as a 30 second soundbite on Instagram that somebody can use. It opens up a lot of opportunities for your service to be more effective because yeah. you can still play it as a simulated live. But now when persons are watching it live, you already know it's effective. You're not gonna have tech glitches where you know a sound person leaves the, somebody muted or somebody forgets to hit play on a video. Everything is tight so that your Sunday, which is your, 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 your game day, that moment goes yeah. across a lot more effectively because we have that freedom and that liberty to do it in this virtual space. That's good. That's good. I, I totally agree with that. And you need everybody needs someone on their team hungry and thirsty enough in this information age to dive into all of the YouTube videos and all of the, the videos that are out there where people will train you or churches invest in people that have some ability or no ability to, to get them trained and to get them ready. And every church, every production team needs someone with a critical eye. They're probably gonna get the heat. People are probably gonna treat them weird, but you need that person that's gonna say, uh, no, that's no, that's not good. You know, Pastor, when you did that, your, your hair was out of place. Can you do that again? <laughs> exactly. People because and 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 I tell my team and I probably shouldn't say it this way, but I tell them um, you have to look at it through the eyes of a hater. Mm. So sit there like and that. and critique it. You know what would somebody say? Would, did, did that come off wrong? Um, you know, just just check everything so that people are focused on Jesus and not on the display or some mishap that happened. And, and if you take care of those things and, and the focus is on Jesus, sky's the limit. That's good, that's good. Yeah, yeah. from a production standpoint, uh, you have an opportunity to write out your script <laughs> for, for your weekly service. And so I, what do you want, so from a perspective, from a cognitive perspective, what do you want uh, your people to see? like images, like mm -hmm. beyond just what they hear in sermon, which is what we oh. put emphasis on generally mm -hmm. when you're in church. Now they're watching through a screen. So what do you want them to see that reinforces whatever you're trying to get across the purpose of this particular episode, right? What, what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to experience? And so uh, what can you capture that helps to convey this, whether it be uh, supplemental content, as uh, Dr. Uh, Crystal mentioned uh, from YouTube and, and other uh, social media outlets. So for instance, uh, when he's got the whole world in his hands that that whole competition was happening, right? Uh, we we use that, right? Because uh, we were talking about how great God is and how God is holding us in this time. We use the different selections from uh, Instagram, right? Showing people singing and it was very impactful for our congregation. Um, so, so what content can you pull in? Uh, what are you trying to convey? What is it that you need to add uh, from an editing perspective in order to convey it? No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I'm, I want to, I, I, I promise you I'll move to some of the questions that I sent you uh, all just so we can have that. But, but I, I want to, again, with the how, because Reverend Josh said it and you all said it as well, uh, Dr. Crystal and, 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 um, Pastor Van, uh, Dr. Van, the, the how though doesn't have to include a super big budget, right? Um, the how at this stage, I think you can, I, I know pastors um, who 
can work in iMovie. iMovie comes free with your iPhone. <laughs> you can use your iPhone and mm-hmm. go to Best mm-hmm. Buy. Now that we're in COVID, you got to order it ahead of time and pick it up from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Or you can do Amazon. And if you got mm-hmm. Prime, I'm pretty sure you do because Amazon's making a billion dollars. <laughs> um, you can get it tomorrow and you can take your iPhone with a, a right. t- camera stand. And But the thought is that you have to segment yourself. You can't do right. it all in one day. Right. You, you, you have to think through. You have to think mm-hmm. ahead of where you are. Right. So right. we're shooting this in a certain month. We should be at least a month ahead of what we're thinking about. Um, and, 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 and I want people to kind of get that. But I want you all to share because I know we talked about uh, some of the having 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 the producer that's on that, that's there. We have the same thing at our church. Somebody was looking at it. But I really want to talk to the to the church that may have a hundred people, maybe 50 people, and you still want to put out a quality worship experience, what does that look like? It, Anybody? I, as you mentioned, the equipment wise, you use what you have. So if you have just a phone, you can you can do just about everything with the phone. The key becomes if you have, say, if it's a smaller congregation, 100 persons, even less, you want to be clear on what you're trying to accomplish. And so even if you're doing live, you want to do live, you know, get a tripod stand, you know, a selfie stick, you know, have a little ring light or something in your home, set up a nice, you know, cool spot, you know, whether that's outside on your on your deck or in your lawn or or wherever it might be. Or even if you're in the building, the church building and set it up and make sure that what you do present is tight. You know, so if you're just doing a message, you don't have to have, you know, I've seen churches that don't have any singing you know, on their, on their stream, you may just have a 20, 30 minute message, but in that make sure it's produced so that it cuts through, you know, you, it, you can't get by with just, you know, showing up and just doing whatever you do, unless now, unless that's your gift from God and God has, you know, given you the gift to just show up and it all just flows naturally. But mm-hmm. if not, <laughs> make sure you're prepared. And so that, because it's, e- it's so easy to recognize something that's prepared versus something that's not prepared online. In the building, you can get by with some of the, you know, the the stylistic side of worship, whether that's on a uh, a production side with your choir or your preaching or whatever, you can get by with some of that. But online, people can sense that from a mile away. And so you wanna be sure that whatever you do is tight and it can be a a 20 minute video that you record to your congregation that's live on Facebook Live. It can be a conference call. It can be whatever you use, but it has to be produced in a quality way. No, that's good. That's good. Do- Dr. Crystal, I want to I want to jump to you and, and, and Dr. Van after uh, Van Coley after the the um, I've seen you doing what exactly Reverend Josh is talking about. I've seen you do a uh, 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 small sermonettes. I've seen you do small kind of uh, inquisitive, uh, thought-provoking moments. Uh, can you can you just talk about? And then again, if you all are, are watching uh, this, uh, wherever you're watching it, I want you to subscribe. But if you all are listening to it, I would encourage you to, to check the show notes so that you can see uh, their Instagram handles and follow and see the type of work that uh, they're doing. But can can you talk a little bit about that, Doctor Crystal? Kind of what what and and really, it, it, it's one of the questions that I sent. So now I am on one of the questions. Uh, it's what. Uh, how has the style, right? The style of preaching, the style of presentation shifted in this moment. And when I sent that question, I thought really about you and and the type of stuff that I've seen you uh, produce there at uh, St. Luke. It's content. That's the secret. Um, Content and um, you've, you've heard it. Lights, camera, action, right? So like right now we're filming with a, a ring light. That's all I have is, is a ring light. Um, you got a nice quality camera. People don't know, so I'm, I'm gonna reveal this right now, that when I do um, most of those um, little short videos that I do, I use an iPhone. I've got the latest iPhone uh, 11 Pro Max, whatever that is, and my ring light. And it, it, the ring light has this little holder in, in the center. And I just do what God tells me to do. And it's all about content. Um, I think we talked about it um, earlier, about being short and to the point. 
they don't have all day for you to lay out this whole theological, you know, platform and to express and show we have doctorates and we we've got this and we've got that. No, they no. they just want Jesus. That's and good. you have to be relevant if you if you can find something to connect with them and to be relevant with them and present it nicely. And um, I was talking to um, one of the producers at the church and I was telling him, I said, you know, I use iMovie. And he laughed at me. You know, he's, he's 20. I'm talking about you, Rayshawn. And he laughed at me. And he was like, oh, pastor, you got, you got to do better than, than iMovie. And I said, well, I can't. It, it, all those other programs look like the Matrix to me with all those lines and stuff like that. So it's, it's content. It's about being uh, relevant it's about having, you know, decent lighting, making sure there's no shadows on your face and, and yeah. checking out the, the backgrounds and people just want Jesus. And if you are sincere, that will come across on camera every single time. The Holy Spirit um, is not limited to in person. He comes through on camera. If yeah. you are sincere and serious about what you are trying to say, that content will grab, will pull anyone in their living room, in their cars, um, you know, on their phones, walking. You, you know, people connect if the content is relevant. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Pastor Bancoli. And I echo everything that uh, Dr. Crystal said, um, along with. So for me, we do Truth You Can Live On, which is a basically daily snack-sized version of a devotional, and it's through video. And it comes out Monday through Friday. We started it uh, as soon as stay-at-home orders started coming out. And one of the reasons is because um, as through prayer, I, God was saying the people need the word. They need the word. They need the word to be able to stand through this time. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall come. And so um, our, our goal and our focus was just to get the word out in a short, relevant type way. Um, it is not long. Generally, each video will be around somewhere between three minutes, sometimes two and a half to three, three and a half minutes at max. Um, and it is a concise uh, exposition of a particular passage of scripture that just brings out the life application in it. And I truly believe that's where people are right now. And that's what people need. They need to understand that, yes, we are in, as we've said and heard many times, unprecedented times, uh, caught us by surprise. Uh, but the word of God speaks to us in every season and it is relevant in every and so that's what we're trying to do. Um, and, and so far, it's, it's effective. Um, it's interesting how uh, truth you can live on has spread. Our members share that with people who aren't even connected to our church. I received emails uh, from people who aren't connected to our church as well, just talking about how they they wait every day for 12 o'clock to come because <laughs> that's what they're, that's what they're living on in this season. So it's very encouraging. That's great. That's great. That's great. I want to um, uh, uh, pivot to uh, I'm using that word in everything. I did a teaching the other day and it came up, um, but it is what it is now. Um, I, I, but I do want to because we, we talked about um, we talked about the how. Right. Uh, and the way this is structured, we talk about the how we talk about resources. I want to talk about the future. Right. And then I want to talk about other pivots. But I want I want to ask, what are some resources um, that churches can use, whether free or paid, that can help them uh, develop and create better worship experiences during this time? What are some things? So Reverend Crystal, we talked about iMovie a little bit, um, but what what are some resources, what are some things that people don't know that they maybe can do uh, to help uh, with their worship experience for whenever uh, they, they pull it out? And then I also want somebody, um, as we're talking through that, um, we said time several times, um, what is the ideal time that we think a Sunday morning should now look like? Um, I want to, I want to, I want to hear what what we think um, on, on, on that. So um, we can go anywhere, Pastor Van. Let's 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 start with you with that one, and then we'll rotate it around. 
Okay. Uh, from a, I'll start with your last portion of that question. From a time perspective, uh, what does the ideal time look like? And Lord knows I need mercy when it comes to this. Uh, generally, and this is something like like the staff had to say to me, like, Pastor, you know, we got to pivot <laughs> because <laughs> this is a different season we're in. Because uh, my sermons, honestly, they can be 45 minutes solid, <laughs> solid, <laughs> too long. Uh, and then after the 45 minute sermon, then I'm giving a five minute invitation, right? <laughs> you know, coming to Jesus. And uh, it's, so, it's so interesting. Uh, in this season, though, I've tried to intense it some because uh, th I look at it from episode or show, right? With commercials, you're looking at an hour, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so if you can stay somewhere within that hour range, the closer you can stay to the hour range. Now, we we are going over some, but the closer you can stay to that hour range, the better, I believe. Um, the pace of our service is much, much faster, much quicker. Um, we changed up the way we did announcements. We do those at the beginning. We have uh, some announcements that we would have mentioned during service are in our countdown graphics. Um, and then I changed up the way I did invitation, right? After I finished my sermon, I'm not going into another spill, like short uh, mini message for the invitation. It's just, it's actually pre-recorded footage. Uh, it just goes to invitation and says, you know, talk about apologies, pre-recorded last about a minute. And, and that way, uh, you know, that that portion of the service will not take up too much time. Um, from a resources perspective, I wanted to think Canva um, is free. Nonprofits yeah. has some really strong graphics uh, that you can manipulate. Uh, Typerama is something I use on my phone uh, just for, from a graphic perspective, right? Typing, putting text on some stuff. So that's uh, I think that that's an app might might cost like three dollars or something one time fee. So those are some resources as well. Um, yeah, so that, that's from a media perspective, just a few resources uh, that I think that people can come and, and use. OK, that's great. That's great. Uh, Reverend Josh and then Dr. Crystal. OK, so as far as the resources go, a, a great place. Dr. Crystal mentioned it earlier is, you know, just search going on YouTube and looking up different techniques to do different things. There's uh, one site that I use a lot just to hear about different things that churches are doing, um, church media tools, pro church tools, rather with Brady Shearer. They have some great content on their YouTube page as well as on their podcast where they just talk about different trends in church media. You know, some of them are, you know, good, some things you can take and apply them. Then there are other things you can kind of you know, get some meat off the bone and so forth. But looking, you know, just searching on YouTube, looking at other ministries, seeing what other churches are doing. You know, I wouldn't be, you know, afraid to sit down and watch, you know, other churches' services. You know, the great thing about YouTube and Facebook and so forth is that they they save all of it. So you can go back throughout the week, see what other churches are doing, see what works. There, there sometimes I will go back to look at other churches as resources and I will see things that work. And then I'll also see things that don't work. You know, things that will work well for your specific congregation, but don't work well for somebody who doesn't know you. And yeah. even something as simple as how you open your service. I I've, there's some churches I've watched and realized their opening was for their members and no one else, because mm -hmm. I didn't even understand what they were saying. And it helped me in looking at our services and saying, are we opening up so that if someone doesn't know us, when we start the service, they feel like they can get connected in. And so looking at other churches as resources, looking even at other industry, you know, like there's on Instagram and really even now on Apple Music, the Versus series, you know, sitting down and just watching what they do and yeah. seeing how they utilize different tools, looking at talk shows and other, you know, nights tonight, like the late night shows that are doing things virtually where you're getting ideas and strategies say, okay, this is how we can do this. Another, this is a, a comical one, but in watching early in the shutdown, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, their reunion show gave me ideas for how to do some virtual stuff similar to even what we're doing today, looking yeah. at how to use different technology to you, do the same thing, though we're not able to gather in one place. So there are a lot of resources out there, you know, that as, as Pastor Ban said, there are some apps, Canva is a, is a leading one that, you know, just about everybody uses, where you can, you know, edit things and, you know, stock photos and, and every, just about everything's right there in Canva. And so there, there are tons out there. So I would encourage you to look, follow persons on social media so you stay connected to 
different tools that they use in podcasts and the like. And then regarding the, the magic time for services, that's such a tough one because especially in, you know, in the black church, service seemed to always be longer than shorter. Whatever that meant for wherever you were, it was always longer than shorter. And, you know, there's a part of me that like that still likes a good hour, hour, 10, hour, 20 minute service online. But then the parent in me that knows how tough it is to get that much time, especially on a Sunday morning to actually consume it is is starting to get intrigued by that 30 to 45 minute segment. You know, there, there's something to be said for something that you can completely digest in one setting and let it live with you versus something that you have to kind of watch and then come back to and catch the rest of it. So I'm I'm on the fence, you know, the, the traditional side of me is saying, no, we need to open in him uh, A and B selection. The church clerk has to get up and say announcements and we got to have sermonic selection, sermon, <laughs> invitation, altar call. But then there's another part of me that's saying, I just want, I just need a word that I can chew on, you know, digest, live on, and then get back into what's happening in my house. That's good, that's good, that's good. Dr. Crystal? So um, let me start with the resource side and then I'll, I'll get to time. Um, so I wanna echo a few things. The, the Canva is great. Uh, of course, YouTube, uh, continue to watch those. And um, really, I'm just gonna be candid. I have an iPad. An iPhone. I am a Mac person. Yes. I don't. I can't deal with y'all. You, you PC Mac. people like you. I can't. That's right. I'm a Mac person, <laughs> and so Mac is very user friendly. And you know, trying to get um, amateurs on a professional level. That's kind of their focus. And so you will find all kinds of apps. So sometimes my um, and people. Well, I'll reveal this here. And now too, some people don't know that my announcements are just different apps and, and things that I've used to manipulate it and just lined them up consecutively in my iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I did. Um, people miss the fact that you can use PowerPoint and Keynote. Yeah. Does animation, it anything you want it to do, it's just the creativity that you have to bring to the table. It will do all of those things. It'll make flyers. You can start something in um, Canva and say, okay, I just need to make that there and then switch it over and drop it into Keynote or PowerPoint. And you just keep layering it until it becomes what you need it to become. And um, you do have to watch secular shows. You do have to watch other, um, you have to benchmark other churches, uh, and and you do have to find what they're doing that you would take, tweak, um, or, or just be ask God to, to help you be creative on your own. But we're inspired sometimes by the things that we see. And sometimes a little, the smallest thing can trigger something that ends up being a whole show. Um, well, show, but whole um worship platform or Bible study or, or yeah. something like that uh, during the week. And it, just one thing triggers it. So we have to be exposed. Um, I like what Pastor Band said when he started talking about um, how he took things that were happening in the world and applied it to you know his sermon. That is brilliant. I went to visit a friend who had a, a, a video wall. I mean, huge the whole stage, the, behind the whole stage was a video wall. And I was coveting thy neighbor's video wall. <laughs> oh Lord, I was, I was I was like, oh, this is so amazing. You know, it's not gonna work in my context, but this is so amazing. And now we have that capability. Wow. You know, your screen becomes a video wall. Anything you want to show, any interaction, any point that you want to make relevant, you can do that. Again, it's not always the tools that you use, um, but how you make it relevant and how you allow the Holy Spirit to um, move in you to be creative. And you, we have to take the time out. I know everybody's calling. 
and everybody has a need and ev all this stuff is going on. But yeah. as leaders and as spiritual leaders, we have to block out time to just sit with God. Let him yeah. let, you know, let the juices flow and, and, and get your mind going. Oh, you know, that would be a great illustration to that point that I have. But if you don't block out that time, you know, the whole idea of time is gone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you all, but I'm, you know, I feel like I work more now uh, than I did before. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of time, when I look at time as far as worship, okay, y'all don't judge me. Okay. So in person, we had potent, just Holy Ghost filled in-person worship in an hour and a half. In, in person. Uh -huh. So online, if you can get um, praise and worship team, if you have those um, praise and worship team to usher in the anointing and the spirit of God and then preach and lead someone to Christ in 30. Hmm. So if you can do that ah. in 45 minutes, yeah. you know, and then at the end you're putting on announcements or like, Pastor Van said, you know, put it in the, the countdown in the beginning because yeah. they're coming on and they're watching. You have to be clever about where to put things. I think the most important thing is to get keep their attention. So you're looking at a 45 minute window and then creating this space for conversation, which is really a place that could happen in a Zoom or it can happen really on Facebook. You create community. And so if you've got some social media savvy people to come on and say, um, you know, you know, hi, you know, this, this pastor was talking about this and, and to be able to connect to people, to create conversation after the sermon, yeah. you know, to, and, and to plan out, like you said, pastor Russ, to plan out a month in advance. I know that is crazy. And I have to admit that I have not been able to master that that advice myself, but to be able to look forward and say, okay, we're going to do this sermon series. It looks like this and, and start preparing graphics and, and different elements that you need. It makes it easier, but you need a team to do that. So even if you have 25 people in your church and five of them have some tech savvy, develop them. We, yeah. we have to, in this season, develop people, help them, empower them as much as we can. And, and provide support so that they feel comfortable doing what the Lord is leading them to do. No, that, that's good. That's good. And I, I want to say, you said it a couple of times, we, we've all said it, that we need the people. And you 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 you, you added with the tech savvy, but I, I'm going to say that if they own an iPhone, they're tech savvy. And you just need to help them. Because if you can navigate an iPhone with the face or with the stuff, and I, you, you <laughs> we, we can work with you, but you got to be willing uh, to use those people. And I, I would say as, as leaders, we got to be willing to say we need the help, right? Yeah. That in yeah. this area, because the, the paradigm has shifted a little in this area during this moment, normally Sunday morning is already set. You don't need, you know, we got your teams, but now you're trying to figure it out. And really it's the moment that you can engage more of your people. Because right. they can do things in this season that you, you're you not able to do. I, I know for us at Kingdom, one of the things that our pastors allowed us to do is really we're doing stuff that we had on deck. But we did, so we, we have hosts. And so for the timing, we're trying to stay um, 35. It would be great. 30 would be ridiculous. That, that, if we get to 30, that's Jesus. We're trying to stay right under 60. Um, but we, we've added in host. One of the things that I know we found, um, and I think I've seen you all do it as well in some of your experiences, um, we found helpful is to have the people in different areas. So like we have a welcome song, but now we're inviting people to record their part of the welcome song at home and send it into us so that now we can add their faces because while they're home, we still want people to see themselves. The dancers will come in or they'll record from their house the choir will record from their home so that on Sunday morning, it's a both and. It's We yeah. want people who are uh, uh, new, but we also want to acknowledge that, hey, we're a church. 
And these are the so people yeah. are able to see, uh, hey, Sister Sandy, hey, Brother Mike, hey, like it's cool that they're able to see them online. And I know for us, um, yeah. we use um, Church Online as our tool. Um, as far as streaming, that's free. Um, you still need to be able to host it somewhere. But now, because everything is pre-recorded, you can host it on YouTube. And that's what we're doing. We literally have a free YouTube account that we're hosting our service to, and we play it on Church Online. Both of those are free. You don't need any money for anything. Um, so I, I think, but I think helping people be creative, and that's where we're going to go into the, this this last question. Um, and I'm going to throw it to uh, Dr. Crystal first. Is um, and then we'll we'll go around. But um, we we talked about how, right? We talked about resources. The the, the last the last part is future, right? Um, and I know it's super hard to think about it. Um, but, but, and, and in, in the future, and we, we, we made one edit and as the, the, the old, and many of you serve in youth ministry, youth ministry, but before as well, but as the old youth guy, I can't let us get out of this without saying that we need to have worship experiences for our students as well, um, or them be involved in our, in our main worship experience. So I know at kingdom, we have several channels on our YouTube page for different youth ministries from nursery all the way up. Um, but in that, right, I, 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 wanna, I want you to answer the question um, about the future of worship experience. Where do we see this thing going? How Nobody knows how long we're going to be in this. We know we're going to be in it for a while because school systems, at least in my area, all of the school systems says that, say that, that, that we're going virtual all uh, until, the, uh, until January. So online worship is probably going to last at least until then as well. But what does the future look like when it comes to online? What, what, what are we thinking, Dr. Crystal? The future looks like an online campus. Okay. okay. Um, I, I think that um, we will always, and we will always have those people um, that need the in-person uh, worship. And I don't think we'll ever get away from that, you know, um, but as we go through the season, we're seeing that the assembly of believers is not just us together physically, but that's also this um, online interaction. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think by the time we get to a place where we can go in person, it will be, you know, like those times in our history where we've had these um, awful things happen. For example, 9-11 and people flooded the churches. Yeah. For a season. Yeah. And then before you know it, you know, churches were back down to those core people. Yeah. Um, because I think people sometimes cry out for for help. But if they don't bring if they don't get the connection with God, the relationship, they don't stay. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we're, we're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to have the church in person, and we're going to always have to have an online presence. Those days of where people thought, oh, social media is about gossip. It's it's horrible. And, you know, it's this and that, the negative connotations that people put on, um, on social media that they can't use those anymore. Yeah. This is the church must serve the people where they are. And after a year of this, because it's going to be a while, quite possibly, even with the vaccine, it's going to take a while, yeah. right, um, yeah. to make sure those vaccines work. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a guinea pig or I'm not doing <laughs> that my family. Me <laughs> so so you're, you're looking at a long stretch. And after people get comfortable with this, after they, you know, find their, their setting and, and they're they're connected the way they are. We're going to have to continue to do this this way. Of course, we're going to have to offer both, but we're going to have to continue to allow um, online worship and online connection to be um, something that is permanent. Yeah. There's no church that I can, you're not going to be able to, you know, do this for a season and then withdraw and go back to just, in-person worship. That, that's not going to work because even the congregants that we have had, those stable people, they're not going to want to come every Sunday anymore. I mean, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to buy a hat. 
<laughs> you don't have to do the heels. You don't have to get out in the rain. Yeah. And for those of us who are worshipers, I'm a worshiper. So whether that is in person or in my house, worshiping, yeah. you know, those people that, that are able to connect with God, they're going to find that they don't want to have to deal with uh, those those filters, you know, the, the usher was nasty at the door. Yeah. Made a rude comment. And, yeah. you know, someone's talking about how high someone's hymn is and they're yeah. criticizing this and criticizing. No, I can just go to worship. Yeah. And so I don't think we're going to be able to to uh, go backwards. The future is going to have to supply both. That's good. That's good. That's good. Pastor Ben. Yeah. So uh, I believe that this period has really challenged us to rethink our ecclesiology, mm -hmm. um, particularly uh, connected to what it means to be the church, what it means to gather as church. Um, I always believe sometimes that God uses crises uh, to push us closer to his intended purpose anyway. And I believe we were in a time where we were giving primacy to what takes place inside the building and not enough attention to what happens outside of it. And this period has shifted that paradigm completely to force us um, uh, who were slow in focusing on what happens outside the building to think about it. Yeah. And so as we consider the future, uh, as Dr. Crystal said, I, I truly believe that uh, our attendance was already somewhat declining. Um, I don't believe that people will give as much um, consideration and focus on making it to the building. Um, and, and for us, we just have to think about it differently. Uh, how can we build community virtually? How can we engage people who may not even be uh, in the local community or in the local area, right? How do we disciple them? What does discipleship look like? Um, it's uh, virtual ministry is content creation, but beyond the content creation, the next step is building community and, and making disciples even without them ever coming into your building. And so we, I think churches that are going to thrive uh, will think about that and will focus on that aspect of, of doing ministry in the future. I want to also say, though, uh, that with that, because I wrote a whole whole doctoral thesis on it and it has kind of been upended somewhat. But the focus is uh, on the importance of densely knit community, right, coming together and actually physically being face to face. So I don't, I don't, even as I say that, and I recognize we're going to have to rethink ministry and doing it virtually, uh, I don't want to discredit the value and the importance because we were wired for it biologically and theologically of actually physically coming together. But uh, in the future, this whole virtual online campus building community is going to be uh, what we have to focus on. Amen, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. Uh, Reverend Josh? So I, I'm right on the same page with Dr. Crystal and Pastor Ban that when whenever the restrictions are lifted and it's safe to gather again, I think all churches are going to really have to have, you know, a, a come to Jesus moment, you know, with their teams and with their congregations. And the real the reality is now your online congregation is not going to all one come to your church. And two, many of them, you know, in some cases are not even in the same state or the same area as your church. And so your ministry effort for your online congregation has to be as comprehensive and in some ways even larger than your ministry emphasis in the building. And for some churches, this is, now this is far out. Some churches I believe should even have the conversation, are we more effective as an online only church where there's no overhead of building, where we don't have the same type of facility management. We don't have to worry about the same type of expenses that we would in a building are we more effective online if we can't do both yeah which do we choose because yeah. the reality is now that we've had one pandemic though you know it's every hundred years or so 
the next time there's a new flu or a new cold, everybody going to start defaulting back to running around with masks saying I'm staying home because that's all now we know that this is what we should do. And so that that part of, you know, and, and especially and also for those of us in the, you know, in the east, the northeast, we know with weather, there are times where the entire winter, every other day we have ice storms or snow yeah. where we're not able to meet. And yeah. so the question now becomes, if we are truly carrying out the Great Commission, can we go forward from this moment on and forsake the largest part of the world, which is the Internet? Yeah. Before this, the church as a whole, I would say, you know, of course, not every church specifically, but as a whole, we really did not give use the Internet as we should have. We still you we essentially use the Internet as our front porch to try to direct people to our physical buildings. But now that's all flipped that now the Internet is a front porch, a living room, a dining room, a upstairs, downstairs and the state, everything. <laughs> and you can do what Jesus said go to all parts of the world and make disciples and so as the next iteration of ministry has to now focus on how we build disciples in the virtual space what are those tools what are those resources what are those platforms what are those those the metrics that we can measure it by how do we build disciples in virtual space so that a church may have a discipleship program or a growth group that has persons from all over the world and yeah. they're building disciples because yeah. we now have this platform and we have seen now i think to a almost to a church i think every church now no, can say they have seen the benefit of the internet yeah it's no longer the enemy it's not going to stop people from coming to church because nobody's in the building yeah they now see it as a benefit and a tool to accomplish the mission that that jesus has assigned for us yeah, no, that, that's great. That's great. I, I, I remember days where I, I used to hear churches talk about we're not doing the Internet. We just not doing people going to come. We just, and I remember them. And I, I remember them specifically in, in, in my youth ministry career and all of what. And now those same churches, if they weren't doing the Internet, I don't know if they're around. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're in, in, in existence. Um, so we, we could do we might have to do a part two of this. Um, but I, 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 I want to uh, end it. With this part, I know, I know, I know. For us here at, at Kingdom, um, we we we've committed. Our pastor, uh, Pastor Watley, shout out. Uh, we we we've committed that when we go back, we're gonna have two experiences. Um, so when you come in live and you see us live, it's gonna be different from what we already pre-recorded during the week, um, because we've done so many different pieces. That and we know what's and, and we're using all type of technology now, from text messaging to QR codes on the screen, um, all of those different pieces we're using to engage. That would be very hard for us to try to do in a timed environment on Sunday morning, trying to get people in and people out for the amount of services that we do. Um, so, so we're we're doing the same thing. Um, I, I'm super uh, thankful for you all getting on. Uh, and, and being a part of this conversation, I do want to want to give you uh, uh, one or two minutes. If there's another uh, pivot that uh, you want to uh, identify, or another thing that you think in this season churches need to be mindful of um, as uh, we continue to journey um, on through uh, through COVID and past COVID, because you know Jesus is bigger than COVID, so we're going to get through it. Um, but if there's something else that you want to uh, mention, I, I would love to, to hear that. would love for the people who are listening uh, or people who are watching to be able to hear it as well. Any, anybody can go. Well, for me, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Good. No, please go ahead. Yeah. So I would say um, you have to pivot your finances. You have to pivot your budget. Yeah. Uh, have to the things, the money that you spent. Um, for in-person worship, you have to take that now and uh, use it differently in this new new paradigm. And so you really have to pivot your budget, um, your connections. You know, those are things that you have to pivot. And if, if you need help, um, I was just blessed to interview Nona Jones. Um, she's a Facebook executive yeah. and she has a book from social media to social ministry. You need mm -hmm. that book. Yeah. Um, she just kind of goes in and really talks about some of the things that that we've talked about and how to utilize um, 
the different social media platforms. And so in, in this new paradigm, we have to pivot what we read. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to try to digest all of those uh, different resources so that we can be effective at what we're doing today. Oh, that's great. No, 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 great people. And I, I definitely. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. So one of the uh, major areas that I, I feel impressed in my spirit right now and beyond this for the future, um, obviously, we, we understand the pandemic, the health implications uh, from the physical side, so much death, so much sickness, and protecting ourselves uh, from COVID with masks. But one of the great concerns that I have is the emotional toll, mental health aspect um, for not only leaders, but also for our parishioners. And I truly believe that uh, churches that are going to minister to the individuals uh, in their care holistically are going to have to give strong consideration, even stronger consideration uh, for the mental and emotional toll of all of this. And want to say to leaders and pastors that are watching as well, um, I'm praying that after this season, we don't experience uh, a great crash or breakdown amongst pastoral leaders and leaders. Uh, the emotional toll, even analyzing and assessing the emotional toll of not being able to engage uh, with the congregation that you're pouring into. As you pour into them, obviously, you are also poured into by them, right? In Baptist church, preaching is dialogical, right? You you draw something in that moment, but now you're preaching in front of a camera and you're trying to preach with the same vigor and passion that you normally do. So what is the emotional toll and mental toll of all of that? And I think there needs to be time to actually process through that and to uh, work through that prayerfully with some counseling of some sort. And other things as well, but the emotional and mental health aspect, I think, is something we need to focus on. Oh, that's great. That's great. Reverend Josh. And one thing I would add in and just throw in there as you, you know, as we're kind of operating through this season for churches, especially churches, older congregations and older leadership, is you have an opportunity now to reach a new demographic and a, a new age range. And it's so important and so critical with your online presence that you are representing and showing the persons that you are trying to go after. And so in the building where, you know, you know, you may have had structure that blocked younger persons from being a part of ministry or part of choirs or on the pulpit or whatever it might be, those restrictions are off the table now. And so for older congregations or congregations that were trying to expand or reset their clock, this is an opportunity where you can show what you're trying to attract. And because of the you know, thumbnails and social media posts and snapshots, you can use those things to you know, pro promote and publicize what's happening in your church. That doesn't mean you need to get rid of leadership and you know, throw people out, but you can expand your demographic base and the age range in your congregation by showing some of what you're trying to go after. And the great thing about technology is for churches, especially that are trying to reach younger, you know, a younger group, you can incorporate them as, as Pastor Russ said, you know, having them send in videos. You know, they, they will understand it a lot simpler than some of the older members. And so you can have them included in the worship service so that others can see somebody that looks like them because it's forgiving in the building when nobody looks like you. Some, you know, the history of that that building can sometimes hold you over but if you go weeks after weeks online and you don't see anybody that looks like you it's a lot easier just to not click play the next sunday that's good that's good that's good that's good well i want to uh thank you all for uh coming on i want to thank uh everyone uh who's able to watch and, and listen wherever you're listening uh from we're praying uh for you and your worship experience we're praying uh that the worship experience is uh, greater is better, uh, it's stronger, is more impactful. But uh, Dr. Crystal said it best at the end of the day that uh, because of the content and our content is Jesus, uh, that someone's going to get to know him 
uh, and someone's going to be convicted by him. Uh, so thank you again uh, for getting on to Ministry Pivot. Uh, you can go to ministrypivot.com, ministrypivots.com, uh, uh, either one of those uh, websites. You can also uh, check out the articles there. And wherever you're watching, please subscribe. Uh, and if you're listening, please subscribe. Uh, and you'll be able to see the show notes and more information on everyone. Before I go, actually, let me uh, go back to this one because uh, uh, Dr. Crystal, uh, what is the name of uh, your husband, uh, uh, Craig's company? Uh, if people need help in graphic stuff, what, what's the name of that company? It's Visual Horizon. And Say it one more time. It's Visual Horizon Production. And you can go to visualhorizonproduction.com. Awesome. So she they, they do great work. I, and, and, and then Reverend Josh, uh, you help churches kind of organize. You're doing some stuff with us now uh, as we're moving into a new building. Uh, and what's the name of your company again? It's Profusion LLC. So C-R-E-F-U-S-I-O-N. And you can reach us online, www.profusioncrefusionllc.com. Okay. Awesome. And Pastor Ben, you got anything or you, you, you got that book you work on? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working on this book. We're working on yeah. this book. I'm praying hopefully we have it out by the time we actually begin the process of re-entry. Amen. So I'm, I'm trying to turn the doctoral thesis into a book. Y'all pray for me. Amen. Amen. I want a signed copy. I want a signed copy. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Well, again, thank you all for uh, getting on to uh, Ministry Pivot. Uh, and, and, and please use the resources that we spoke about. Again, they'll be in the, in the show notes. And uh, please uh, make sure you contact uh, those on, on, on here, Dr. Crystal and, and what stuff that they're doing. Because again, uh, if you want a better experience, it's, it, it's easier uh, to be able to work with someone who's done this already, who wants to go or who wants to be, uh, or who is rather where you want to go. Uh, thanks again. Uh, and look forward to seeing you in the next uh, episode of Ministry uh, Pivots. Have a great one. God bless.